Conrad, what are you thankful for this season of Thanksgiving? Wow, I was just about to talk about how great I am, and you want to move me straight towards humility and gratitude. I like it. I am thankful that Michigan is still 10-0. and 0. How's that? How's that for a uh, segue into banter that I'd rather talk about? Well, you know I want to <laughs> talk about that, although I'm sure we're going to get a lot of Michigan haterade on the hashtag. Yeah. You know, we've been doing this, uh, I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but our family has been doing a gratitude practice with our kids at dinner, so we talk about mm. what we're grateful for, and it's been awesome. I mean, you know, six-year-old and a four-year-old, it's the gratitude is is what it is. But I think it's a good habit. And I think from a business standpoint, you know, look, we serve clients. Gratitude that comes through both for your clients, but also through your marketing. Gratitude and empathy wins the day for businesses, right? And And for parents. This is corny, but I've learned, I now have teenagers, that the reason you teach your kids to say please and thank you is not to make them look nice and polite uh, when they're out, but it instills in them a sense of gratitude every single time someone does something nice for them or some, does someone anything for them, right? And so I believe gratitude is, is one of the most important characteristics for being happy. Gratitude is the secret. Aside from gratitude, <laughs> what are we talking about today? As always, we are starting with the news. We're moving on to a segment on AI and spam. And then what is one of my favorite things to talk about, red flags to fire your horrible, dastardly, Ooh. lying digital marketing agency. In addition to my wonderful co-host Conrad, I am grateful for our wonderful theme song and producer, Mr. Lockwood. Money makes a and welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on Legal Talk Network. All right, all right. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I appreciate you taking the time. We actually went back and looked at the data from last Thanksgiving episode, and it was well listened to. Our suspicion is correct. You are tired of hanging out with creepy Uncle Frank, who's had one too many drinks, and this year has one less teeth. And you are upstairs hiding, listening to Guy and I wax poetic about legal marketing. So we, as usual, going to start with the news. All right, sir. There was a, we've known this for a while. This is news about Google, not from Google. There was a great article out by A.J. Cohen, which we will put in the show notes. And he was talking about how Google is using click data. This is one of those kind of dirty little secrets that I haven't really heard hit the kind of legal SEO world, but it's certainly been talked about outside of the legal SEO world. Clicks as a ranking factor, very, very real. And Guy, your contention is that it has generated a bunch of trash content that is ranking. Tell me why. <laughs> Well, trash is in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm. Google is giving users what they want. Articles and pages that are getting clicked on are getting surfaced more regularly. And I think we'll talk about this in the context of you know helpful content update and a couple other uh, recent updates. But I would highly encourage everybody, if you're into search, 
You should be subscribed to Blind Five-Year-Old. That's AJ's blog. He is one of the, in my opinion, smartest people in the SEO game. In fact, he's a consultant for Reddit, which I thought was funny because Reddit is flooding SERPs. And he's probably part of the reason why that's happening. But, um, you know, from a legal marketing standpoint, this is why it's so important that your titles and your meta descriptions and your content is actually earning engagement. You know, we talk about Mm -hmm. engagement in social, you got to be thinking the same thing for search. Super tactical coming to you from Guy. And this is why we're calling this episode Red Flags for Firing Your Agency, because we know it's going to get engagement. All right. That was a non-Google announcement. Guy, there's also two announcements coming out of Google. What are they? Yeah, so um, I'll give another shout to another really smart SEO, Lily Ray. She brought to my attention that Google just announced these. Some of them are new-ish, the perspective stuff, but Notes is new. And so, again, the idea is, and we'll drop a link to this in the show notes, but Google providing more tailored search experiences. So users can provide feedback on results. You know, there's no question this will get abused. It'll be interesting to see how Google <laughs> addresses this. But, you know, the trend is, we, and we've, this has been going on, and I think we're going to continue to see more of this, the buzzwords personalization. So if you want to get more content, whether it's from a brand or a person or whatever, you're going to be able to tailor your results to get more of that. And Google wants to surface more of this you know, helpful user content because, again, as you'll see from AJ's post, that's the stuff that people are demanding. And it also, it also feels very much like this is the response to TikTok for search, right? Because... Yeah. TikTok, you can completely tailor it by who you follow. And those are the people are going to show up in your feed. And yes, TikTok's going to surface stuff. That's the part that Google seems to be missing. And so Google's trying to close that gap with these updates, in my opinion. And finally, OpenAI enabling anyone to create their own version of ChatGPT. Talk about open source. This is a no-code approach to creating your own version of ChatGPT. I, I mean... When ChatGPT came out, there were a lot of people who started spinning out these ChatGPT legal spinoffs, and that was difficult to do, no longer, right? So if you invested a bunch of venture capital money in that opportunity, the playing field has just been leveled inside of 10 months. So have fun with that. Yeah, I, I you know, our friend Kevin O'Keefe was at a, uh, he posted this on LinkedIn, he was at a marketing com- legal marketing conference, and the panelists were very like, almost poking fun at AI and generative AI in general. And wow, folks are missing the boat. I mean, (laughs) I've been playing around with it, creating new GPTs. And again, this is the tip of the iceberg with this stuff. But when you see what you can create and how you can tailor it to do specific tasks, I don't see how you can walk away from this and be like, this is seismic. So... We'll drop a link. You got to actually, they haven't rolled it out for everybody, but if you can get access to the custom GPTs, it is. You thought generative AI was a game changer, just typing stuff into chat GPT. Wait until you can see what you can do when you're creating your own. What you can create for yourself, right? I mean, think through what that means. You can customize this for exactly for you. Question for you, Guy, and this is a tangent, but I'm going to take it. Do you think law firms should not be using... ChatGPT or AI generative content to generate content for their website? 
I was called well, to know, task for that at a recent conference, and I'm wondering what your perspective is on this. Well, again, we talked about this in a prior episode, so maybe we'll force Lockwood to dig it up. But the answer is, if you're copying and pasting, then no, don't use it. You're an idiot, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gee, for insulting. If you, anyone had seven but, minutes before we insulted the audience as you're over under, but, there you go. But if you're using it for all the things that we've talked about, inspiration, ideation, ad copy, permutations, reviewing it, it's a game changer. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you how big of a difference this is. And so folks that are this fear stuff, we've seen it before. And, you know, guess what? You know where a lot of the fear is? The people who are getting paid to do the stuff that ChatGPT can do more efficiently. Yeah, my take is... I would rather have my clients paying us to analyze a whole bunch of content instead of writing a piece of content, right? Well, you know, it's, it's so funny because we say this all the time to lawyers. You better find ways to get paid for the value that you drive for your clients. That's right. In the context of law practice. Well, the same thing is true for content publishing. If you're a content person, you better find ways to get paid for something that the GPT can't do. And so whether it's analysis, whether it's editing, whether it's research, whether it's interviewing, I think we talked about this last time and it was kind of poking fun at the Verge article that was saying SEO destroyed the internet. But the thing that that journalist did was they interviewed a bunch of people. Well, ChatGPT is not interviewing anybody. You know, you're not getting actual quotes and all that kind of stuff from real humans. And so anyway, ranty, but cut me off. When we come back, if you have not heard enough about AI generative content, you're going to get some more of it. So Guy has talked about LinkedIn GPT. We're going to talk about ghostwriting when we come back. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free. And we're back. Conrad, you use LinkedIn at all? I use LinkedIn quite a bit, my friend. It's funny, we're looking at data on LinkedIn versus Facebook. I have been an avid early adopter of Facebook and I've been really, really active on, on Facebook. I've only in the last 18 months, gotten really deep on LinkedIn. It's amazing. You can see the difference in engagement based on that lack of longevity. So, but I am on LinkedIn. I post almost every day. That's smart. And I will tell you this, I am a big LinkedIn user too, for many of the same reasons you mentioned. 
But I've noticed an unfortunate trend happening, which has happens to everything. And the post that I wrote was, I was calling it LinkedIn GPT, because it's become very clear to me that as we just talked about in the context of content publishing, people are typing into chat GPT, give me a great LinkedIn post, and then they're copying and pasting that into their LinkedIn post. And it's also become clear to me that they're doing it for even comments on my own post. And yes. and I know that there's this emerging industry of LinkedIn ghostwriting and all this stuff. And here's my thing about it. And I want to get your opinion on this too. I don't really care whether or not you use ChatGPT, but I better not be able to tell. And that's the issue. Mm. And it's truly, it's really not any different than we talked about with ghostwriting and blogging, right? So, you know, people used to hire people to ghostwrite blog posts. And if I can't tell, if it sounds like you and I can't tell, maybe I don't care. It's because I can't tell the difference. But once I can tell, I'm not engaging with you. And it's not because, you know, I've got people I know that I actually know in real life that are doing this. And it's not that I'm like holding some self-righteous viewpoint of them doing this. I just know that it's not them. And so I'm like, I'm not going to engage it because it's not you. You want to name anyone, Guy? I do not. <laughs> During our Christmas session, Guy and I will be pounding eggnogs until I can get him to name who is no longer his friend on LinkedIn. No, it's, I Man, mean, it's I love I thing. love eggnog, by the way, if I've never said that before. Okay. My family makes fun of me because I'm the, I'm the only one. I like make my own eggnog and my family's like, this is so bad for you and none of us like it, uh, but it's my, it's my tradition. So I love that you make your own eggnog. By the way, we've, we've broken the rule <laughs> of no Christmas before Thanksgiving. Till, you brought it yeah. up. So yeah. I know, but um, okay. I keep trying to get you to name people, but, but I mean, it's an interesting thing here and I, I it'll be fascinating to see how how this evolves. We've, we've been talking content, and I, I'm, I'm really not being Socratic here. I don't know, but we've been talking about content and authentic content and why it's okay to not have overly produced video and all this kind of stuff. This is about to become very inauthentic. I mean, deeply inauthentic. And the technology is here right now for all of this, even video, right? And so I really wonder how consumer behavior changes once all of the marketers ruin content. Like we talk about, you know, have SEOs ruin the internet. Our marketers gonna ruin content, right? So but, you know, but here's this is the thing. This is my thing. This is why, and you know, you I'd love you to share your story of well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you uh, indicated that maybe you had been at a conference and people were saying, do not use AI for anything content. And again, it's to me, it's missing the point. I mean you know, the former president, who I shall not name, had people writing tweets on his behalf. Sure. Guess what? No one cared. They were retweeting and sharing and engaging and blah, blah, but blah. But that's because everyone knew because the grammar was correct when he had someone else writing it. That's, you know, fine. So, you know, maybe, well, that, that would actually be an indication that people, you know, they thought that it wasn't authentic. But my, my point is, I don't care. I don't care if it's a human ghostwriter. I don't care if it's an AI ghostwriter. The issue is, is if the consumer of the content can tell, that's the thing that ruins it. It ruins your authenticity, right? And we talked about this in the pre-show, and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about this, but as you mentioned, the technology is already here for this to exist in video. If you yeah. and I 
create a script or maybe chat G- we create our own lunch hour legal marketing GPT. Yep. And it gets so good that we're like, create this episode. And it can do it. And it's Conrad and Gee talking, and maybe it needs some editing. But people, the subscribers can't tell the difference. Does it matter? You know, it reminds me of Matrix, right? It's like, if you can't tell the steak is real, do you, do you, does it really matter? So I agree on that. But I'm looking forward further when people are like, everything is... Surrogates. Big. Everything is... every Like, it just doesn't... Like, Conrad and Gee, like, they're not involved at all. They've just done a really good job of writing some prompts. And, and I can see them on YouTube, and it actually looks like them, but it's not really them. Like, But if you can't I mean, tell, if you can't tell, that's the No, but the what point. I'm saying is, like, like so just ima- imagine this. Like, we've talked about... Um, well, he's a very common thing. We've talked about the Happy Veterans Day and Thanksgiving content. What if at the beginning of the year, you have a script, right? You say, all right, I, I'm going to create a prompt. I would like to generate video content for you know, the top 30 holidays in the United States, and it should have this type of theme in it, and it should slightly reference my legal work and... I want it to be, you know, 60 to 90 seconds each of these videos. You set that up and press go, right? This is doable right now. This is absolutely doable right now. And the cost of generating that content has become so low. Like, and we talked about the cost of generating AI content, like what it has done, it has leveled the playing field on the content stool of the SEO game. So now the only remaining major factor is, is links, Right. But so now everyone can create whatever content they want. They all post it. They flood the web. And, and consumers are like, this is garbage. Like this, my whole experience is garbage because everyone's doing, and it may be unique and it may be from a individual lawyer's perspective, but it's just so ubiquitous that no one cares anymore. What happens when no one cares about content? Because it's just Wait. computers talking to each other. And then the because, comments <laughs> that are on that content are auto-generated by people spamming LinkedIn with comments on that. Like it, it's well, bonkers. I, must, I, I don't know where missing that your point. I might be missing your point, but implicit in everything you said is that people can tell the difference, right? If they think it, it's garbage, they can tell that it's garbage. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was AI or a ghostwriter or it was the real, you know, let me tell you something. Lawyers are great at cranking out their own garbage content. The real yeah. lawyers, real live lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had that conversation too. No, but I, I think implicit in my comment is the oversaturation. Like right now with content, with video content, for example, you do this and I do this. It actually takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to put that together. We're going to take the recording of this. There are some people who are going to do some amazing work in post-production. So all the gaffes that I had when we did the intro, no one will know about those things, right? And we cut these up. We put an intro on it. We put some music to it. Like there's work to that. There's real work to that. And the work that is entailed in that can become virtual. And so in the same way that everyone can write content to, to fill their SEO content gaps, Everyone can create video now. Everyone creates social comments now. Everyone create like, and yeah, those 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 proxies might be as good and indistinguishable from the human. Do people stop caring about what's on the web from a content perspective because it it becomes so ubiquitous? Well, 
I think that's a good point. And my and my response to that is people will, and we've already seen this happening, right? It's the great filtering. People will start to gravitate to the people who they trust, right? So if they trust that Conrad is putting his pants on and putting the mic uh, up and talking about what he had for breakfast because everybody's super interested in that. But we know it's you, right? We know that it's you and we're engaging with you. We're engaging with your expertise yeah. versus versus if lunch hour legal marketing turns into auto-generated content or Conrad, I mean, they're going to grab it. They're going to filter out that other stuff. And, and it, that, that was kind of my point at the outset of this LinkedIn GPT thing, right? Because Maybe some of these posts I can't tell, right? Maybe some of them, like a, yeah. a you know, it's a it's a chat like GPT all of thing. Mine. All of yours. <laughs> I can't tell. But once I know somebody's doing it, right? Once yeah. I know they're doing it, that quite and this is your point, that seeds planted in my head, and I'm not going to engage with it. And so trying to give a constructive takeaway for this. Mm. Again, if you're gonna do this stuff, it better be invisible. And the stuff that people are going to want to gravitate to is the stuff that ChatGPT can't do. ChatGPT can't do Conrad's book review of this book that just came out yesterday, right? ChatGPT can't do what your firm's local charity drive was. You know, they can't do content around how you supported your local charity. They can't do content about you know, uh, how you were active in, I don't know, youth sports or something. I'm just, I'm pulling things out of nowhere here. But hopefully people get the point. Just like we tell you to do in law practice, you got to spend time creating the content that the robots can't create. Let's take a break. And we're back. And as our ravenous fans know, we have been asking folks at conferences and online to submit questions. And so if you record yourself asking a question, we'll send you an awesome Lunch Hour Legal Marketing hat or potentially additional swag in the future. Tell your friends, leave a review. You won't get a hat if you leave a review, but we do appreciate hearing the nice and horrible things you have to say about us. And with that said, we have a question from Stephen Skinner on local celebrities. Stephen Skinner, great attorney out of West Virginia. I'm Stephen Skinner. I'm a partner at Skinner Law Firm in Charlestown, West Virginia. And the question is about endorsements and using local celebrities to uh, endorse your firm uh, in various ways. You know, I think there are a lot of folks in the name, image, likeness business. College athletes are now available. You know, is there any value in that? Love this question. Conrad, any value in local celebrities? Great question. This is a fun one. This this might be the most fun, funnest question that we've received because there's so many ways to go with this. Um, I've, I have two initial thoughts. The first is we've talked often about how it is easier to create a brand affinity around a person instead of a a company, right? And I'll use, we can use Nike as, as the most obvious example of that. Uh, Michael Jordan versus Nike. There's an equivalency between those two things and it is easier. Thought number two is my confidence in hiring a local college football star who's not going to do something epically stupid. Like you were putting some risk in your brand there, you know? And I, I don't mean to besmirch 
college students at all. But as as someone who was once a college student, you know, I would want to be very careful that, you know, your brand isn't represented by a keg stand. So you're so, saying choose your influencer carefully. Choose your influencer very carefully. And there is, you know, we've we've seen this even within the uh I'm going to bungle my NFL references, but there's a plumbing company in the Seattle market that I believe it was Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, get, call me out if I'm wrong on this, Guy, because my, my NFL knowledge is close to zero. Marshawn Lynch no longer plays for the Seahawks. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So they have built this brand. He's retired. A guy who's, who's no, oh, he's retired. And does he still hang out in Seattle? Is. I don't know these things. Maybe he does. But yeah, but he's still famous. He's still a celebrity in Seattle, right? No, but okay, let me give a different example. Let's say you are the uh, the Tom Brady Plumbing Company uh, in Boston, and now he's in Tampa. See, now I, there's two football pieces of data that I can Okay, give so you, that might be a right? better one, but I, I promise you, Tom Brady doesn't buy his own drinks, even up in New England. So my point being, when you tie yourself to a local celebrity, whether you're a law firm or, or Nike, you, I mean, this has happened over and over with you all sorts the example of you should have. Here's the example you should have given that you didn't. Hit Kanye. Me. Kanye. That, I, I'm, I'm talking. They made the shoes. They made yeah. the shoes. They got all these shoes sitting around they can't sell. Yeah. So great example. Don't, don't tie your law firm to Kanye. But those are very real things. And it's two sides of the sword. I do think you need to. I, I think it works. And I think it is fraught with peril, especially when it comes to, to college students. It is fraught with peril. I, I think it's a great idea. I think Conrad's right. Yeah, choose wisely. I will also encourage folks, if this is brand new for you, go check out the FTC rules on mm. this and make sure you've got the proper disclaimers. But here's my thing, because it was it's phrased in the way of like a celebrity endorsement. Forget about the endorsement. Uh, you know, the Bernstein firm here, they do a bunch of uh, local Detroit sports people. So it's Barry Sanders, I think Darren McCarty, and maybe Kirk Gibson. And, you know, they're ta- it's like they're tying in like how awesome the Bernstein firm is or whatever. Don't do that part, right? You don't need to do the I endorse this law firm part. Mm-hmm. Just have a conversation with the people because, again— People are going to want to see the person talk regardless. And you're just going to be along for the ride. You know, it's almost like barnacle celebrity SEO kind of, right? You're like, you're attached. You're getting the awareness and the affinity. So I'd rather, I'd sit down. And the other thing I would say is to try to, to have a conversation that might be topically relevant. So, you know... Okay. People are going to be like, that's I'm, nuts, Geese. I'm These wondering where, are, yeah, okay. People are I never going to do this. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna, I, I'm I'm gonna I want to see where you're going well, with I've this. Seen, I've seen lawyers do this where they'll, you know, they'll have a, they'll have an interview with somebody about, you know, maybe they were in a car accident, right? So, so a celebrity has a real story about them being in a car accident and how their lawyer helped them through it. Now, hopefully that's the, the lawyer that was you because otherwise they're going to be like, oh, who did, who did Barry Sanders choose? <laughs> Maybe not a great example, but I think some relevant story is great. But I would even say, forget that. Do the same thing, but go hyper-local. So not even mm. the college athlete. Go interview or connect with the principal of your local high school or something. To answer the question directly, the value of the celebrity it's the same thing we talk about when we're talking about this idea of borrowing audience, right? You're connected to this audience 
of these people that want to see what this person has to say. But it doesn't have to be an endorsement. It can just be a conversation. Tell me about your playing days. Tell me about what it was like to be in the NFL. Tell me what it was like to play at the major university. That's the stuff people actually want to hear. It's a real authentic story. And now you're attached with it because you're the interviewer. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the reason why people interview other people on their podcast, right? So that's what I was going to say. I would would flip the script on this. I would flip the script on this. Can you help make someone in your town a celebrity? Can you become the path to their celebrity by giving them exposure, right? We've talked about dark social a little bit, but that is the other side of this. What can you do to help people and give them a bigger voice? That becomes also powerful. Okay, we're going to move on. Thank you for the question, Stephen. And by the way, if you want a hat from LHLM, hit us on the socials with a question. Trucker hats inbound. Now, Guy, the next thing is red flags for firing your agency. All of you are sitting at home having turkey, wishing that you had had a better financial year, and you're blaming the leads that your agency didn't generate for you. So, Guy, I want to ask you, what are some of the red flags on when it is time to pull the plug on your terrible digital marketing agency? Well, and I've got to give a shout to um, the law firm marketing subreddit on Reddit. If you're not on there, go check it out. There are a bunch of recent threads on issues. You know, I think it's the end of the year. Like Conrad said, people are like, should I fire my SEO company? That was one of the threads. Wonder if I still need an SEO marketing company. And I'm not going to read all these. I think the subreddit law firm also has some, but I'm just going to do a couple of call outs. So, The first one is, it takes me five months to implement CallRail, and they're paying $2,000 a month. Now, again, I don't know what the heck's going on here, but it goes back to this. If it's taking your agency five months to set up infrastructure, it's probably time to look for a new agency. Well, at least with CallRail. I know Conrad's dancing around there because some of the infrastructure gets pretty complicated. And as I said that, I thought maybe five months though, that still seems like a long time, but I hear what you're, tell me why I'm wrong. No, I I think it depends on the infrastructure. But for CallRail? For CallRail, that should be, that should be done on day one because uh, well, actually, and I can just hear my people being like, shut up, Conrad. But right. like, that is one of the earliest things you want to do because if you don't have call rail, you're now running with five months of no data. So you are running headlong with your eyes closed towards a cliff. So that is like, that's just dumb. <laughs> I mean, that's just dumb. There are other things, you know, we're going to do a, a migration from an intake management system to like a HubSpot and we have a big firm and we have seven different offices and we want to do reporting across differently across like, like some of this infrastructure does get very, very complicated and it's custom to your firm, but like call rail five months, you're crazy out. All right. Here's another one. Okay. Hit me. Uh, two weeks ago, my consultant told me that my Google business profile was fine. Didn't have much many reviews, but didn't really matter. And then all of a sudden they totally flipped the script and they're like, oh my gosh, Google's putting a huge priority on reviews and you're in trouble now. So I'll tell you what my problem with it is with it. Number one is reviews impacting local is not a new thing, but that's a little bit more maybe nuanced. I'm critical of this. It shouldn't be nuanced for our audience. This is when it's time to fire. When you're like, I sold you this local SEO thing 
And I never gave you any context about where you stand from a competitive review standpoint. Mm. Just even if they're successful ah. in getting you to rank, if there are no reviews there, it's not going to matter. Yeah. So it's an interesting perspective, and I and I fully agree. An agency that doesn't operate within the context of your reality, where they have things that they do, regardless. And this this typically happens with agencies that do one marketing channel, right? I'm an SEO company. You need more SEO. I'm a pay-per-click right. company. You need more pay-per-click. I find that there is, I, I believe that if you do not see the full board, you can't be playing chess. And most of the time, agencies believe you need more of what they do. And I think that is one of the red flags that I would look at if the answer is always, you need more of the hammer because you sell hammers. That is concerning. Here's another one. My account manager has not really responded to several emails over a few months. Okay, I was going to ask the time frame on that. You know, we, my bias is I wait and I can't wait for clients to tell me that we call them too much. Right. I I'm tell I my we have the opposite problem. I'm like get the client, get a hold of the client. Clients like I I'm busy, I'm in trial and blah blah. I can't imagine if you can't get a hold of your agency people. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be judicious and think about examples of like where you'd be trying, but at, in the very least, they should be acknowledging that you're trying to yeah. contact them and like, you know, hey, let's talk about this as part of our next quarterly strategy session or something. No response? Like, that should be a no-brainer. Yeah, we have a report. I don't know if you do this too, but we have a report. It's one of the metrics, one of the eight metrics that I look at on a weekly basis how many clients haven't been touched? And that's, I mean, it's all through our CRM system, but like, I know, and the answer is one or fewer. That's our target, is how many clients haven't been touched. And we, it all comes out of making phone calls through a CRM system, email through a CRM system, all of that gets, it's super easy to track. But, and again, I can hear my people being like, back down, Conrad, but you Good. want your agency Good. to be annoying. Hold your people accountable. Like, I hear from you guys way too much, right? That, okay, great, great, yes. Here's one. Okay. I hired my agency because I saw they were hanging out with other people I respect on Facebook at a conference. Well, you, this is not on Reddit, and I know this is something that annoys you. <laughs> I'm putting so it on just Reddit. Pulled, he just lied to all of you. This is not on Reddit, but he and I have been talking about this. I didn't you say know, it was this, on Reddit. I said there's another thing. There's another red flag. <laughs> you implied. It is... Uh, lying through omission, right? You don't Here's know it's not list. on Reddit. <laughs> it is now. Okay, you talked about barnacle, right? There is the barnacle effect of people going around taking pictures at conferences of all these well-known lawyers and implying that they are they're the agency. Yeah. I, <laughs> ask them. Ask them if they work with them and go ask the person that they're sending all the conference pictures with if they work with them <laughs> or if they used to work with them, maybe. Oh, uh, you, your they, cynicism and why they fired is them. fantastic. Well, I was I had a, a slight corollary to what you're suggesting, but mine is that are they dating other people? Are they taking another person to the prom when you thought you were their exclusive client, right? Right. You've heard this from me and Guy over and over, but like I really believe that it does not make any sense in the world to have an agency gathering your data and bringing it across the road to your competitor. That's just bonkers. And so that's a red flag for me. Ask them if they sponsored the conference. Jeez. <laughs> Speaking of knives, knives of, out, Gee. It's another one that drives me insane. Um, here's one for you, Conrad. Okay. So let's talk about timing. Okay. I guarantee 
SEO ROI in one month. Is that a red flag or a green flag? Let me give the counterpoint and this will answer your question accurately. I have definitely in the past looked at a site or a GMB profile where I could guarantee that they would have improvements the next day. That's so not what give, I said. No, no, That's no, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. This is the only way in which this should actually work. I look at a GMB profile and I see that they are listed as lawyer in Cincinnati when instead they do some, and they've got a good review. Pro, uh, all we have to do is change that category and all of a sudden things will change. If you can find something that is that basic and that simple, A, you should tell the lawyer to do it on their own and not charge them for it because it's a simple piece of information. And B, if you do engage them, you, you can make that guarantee. Having said that- No, you can't. Those... No, wrong, 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 wrong. Oh. You're, cha you're changing the question. Okay, well, we'll see, I'm, of course I'm squirrely. You can, of course you can make improvements. That's not what I said. I'm talking about guaranteeing ROI. Oh, guaranteeing, so return. So we're actually talking about money? Well, that's, this is, and this is there, here's the issue, right? Ah. You did, your answer is totally right. You can, there's all sorts of things you can do, but let's talk about, and we can go back to your awesome takes <laughs> on ROI from our previous episode. All right. What does ROI stand for, Conrad? Oh my gosh. I believe it is expressed as a percentage. And well, what the, is a percentage of what? It is the return over the investment. And right. if you are able you are not able. I, I, in fact, Guy and I would love to talk to you if you yes. have engaged in an SEO company that in the first three months has done something that has had an impact, that has then generated a client that you have signed and resolved their case and been paid for that. In three months, we want to talk to you. And, and, and I'm actually, I mean, we're saying and that be this careful if you If you submit yourself, be careful. You better be able to demonstrate all the things that Conrad just said. You got paid. You're a PI firm. You got a return on investment in SEO in the first three months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to so, see it. Well, here's the, the, the implicit in this is the notion that you have a great tracking mechanism set up and that you're going all the way from marketing channel to your matter management and billing system, right? Depending on what you're using. And that you know the formula for ROI. And this is like, <laughs> this is a, I think this is the previous episode. So I, sh I don't want to hit this too hard, but you guys don't know what ROI is. And yet you listen to people say ROI, agencies say ROI, lawyers say ROI all the time. And you don't know what the fuck it is. It's even harder than this. It's even worse than that. Because, and you said this the first time, but you didn't include it in this last round. Not only do all the things that you just said are true, you've got to show that the agency did the thing that caused yeah, yeah. that lead to come in, convert, and pay you in, the, in that time frame. Okay. Because again, you, even if you've got a lead that converted and paid for you in, the first three, in those three, first three months, was it from some blog post that was on your site from you know some two years ago? Or was it from activities that you had done in the past. So you got to show, I paid this agency this amount of money and within three months of paying that money because of the things that they did, I got paid. Now, outside of PI, maybe I'm still skeptical. Okay, so that goes back to our, our ROI thing. My, my, you know, we're trying to make some red flags on this. If your agency talks about ROI and doesn't know the math to calculate ROI, that to me is a bit of a red flag. Well, my, my... Um, 
Okay, My problem is not even knowing the math. I th- I think I'm more concerned about the integrity. People that wow. are people that are promising that are guaranteeing SEO ROI in the first month. In my opinion, and again, you got the examples. I would love to be proven wrong, but you better bring the evidence. There's a lack of integrity there. I'm not going with integrity. I just think they don't. They like the buzzword. Everyone likes to say ROI, and no one knows what it is. You, you are you're being you too are generous. being. They I'm know. Kinder than you, you don't are. think these marketing people? You don't think marketing people that are promising ROI and SEO don't know what ROI is? I 100% believe that's the case. Okay, so, then why, so why are the they? So why are they sell, Then why are I they agree. selling it that way? Because okay. it's such a trigger word for people to be like, oh, well, that seems like a good business term, and I'm going to do right, that but, because I want some positive ROI. But like that is a problem. Okay, so I'm going to move on from the ROI thing because we hit it before. I want to give two more things that are red flags to me. And this goes back to the integrity thing. This is a real integrity problem that you and I both know for a long time. Lying about the number of leads, overcounting the leads that you generate, right? And for me, we've talked about call rail already, but if your agency is double counting people when they call multiple times to your law firm as leads, they are deliberate, and this is deliberate. This is not, I don't know, you know, basic business math. This is deliberate. I am double counting those leads. And that I think is garbage. And there are lots of agencies who like to make themselves look like they're generating a ton of leads. So there's a little um, radio button in CallRail, again, where you can only count the first time they've seen that phone call, right? And so you don't think there's that happen- just an accident? They're not just doing that by accident? <laughs> this I uh, this is where I question integrity. This is absolutely where I question integrity. And then, speaking of integrity, if you don't provide access, and this is a pay-per-click thing, and I do not, for the life of me, understand why any law firm is okay with this. If you do not have access to your pay-per-click campaigns, you have no idea what they're bidding on, which means you have no idea what they're actually spending money to generate calls to your firm, which means that you might think you're buying a whole bunch of divorce lawyer Cincinnati pay-per-click terms when you're actually buying the name of your law firm and you have no way of actually seeing that. You have no way of knowing. And so if you don't have access to those things, you're renting your efforts. And eventually, I can't say that agencies are going out of their way to screw you, but I certainly can tell you that you don't know. You don't know. And a lot of these agencies do not have your best interests at heart. I'll believe it at that. Sorry, that's the end of my flags. And with that, we don't have any time for any more flags. We've got more flags, but we don't have any time for any more flags. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate. Conrad, I'm grateful that we get to do this show together. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Grateful for all of our listeners and subscribers. If you haven't subscribed, we'd be so grateful if you would subscribe. For those who are already subscribed, we'd be super grateful if you'd leave us a review. Until next time, Conrad and Gee, Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.
If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.